0: This is Paul Truesdell II for Connecting Dots. Today we're going to discuss uh, online and digital security. I figure it's an interesting topic given the complexity of the internet and compromises you see every day. I follow a few, a few dozen, actually, information security blogs and websites. And one of my favorites is the security newsletter by Dieter van der Stock in Belgium. You can access it at uh, securitynewsletter.co. And it's a weekly list of security compromises and interesting security-related issues around the Internet. And, for example, uh, the most recent um, newsletter, it's a weekly newsletter, says Outlook.com and Hotmail breach through help desk credentials, large-scale DNS hijacking going on, and no script available on Chrome. But, you know, the major important part there is Outlook.com and Hotmail were breached through some third party help desk system and the newsletter goes through other various items that are going on. Some weeks it's more complicated, others it's not. And it's important to follow security breaches that are going on. I mean you can anybody can set up a Google Alert or follow a few newsletters, regardless of your technical competence, just to know what's actually going on out there. Something becomes pretty clear after a while though that Thousands of websites or services or databases are compromised every day. And the scary part about it is most people don't even know that it happened. Most companies aren't aware until well after. Um, And it's not a given that every company, website, or application developer is a competent actor. Even competent companies, though, do screw things up. And Facebook is a good example. In in recent weeks, we found out that they were uh, technically compromising people's passwords unintentionally by logging requests for basically uh increasing their their software's capability and customer support capability and monitoring bugs and there's a various number of reasons you would want to uh to log different data inside your applications and they were logging requests and not sanitizing the user's input when they went in to type their password in so you know or it's a simple mistake on one system of many thousands that they have within that their giant conglomerate there, and it can compromise, I think it's tens of millions of people's passwords. But something competent companies also do is, you know, they can hire a rookie engineer who fails to secure a database server or use old software that uses inadequate password storage techniques among thousands of other potential problems. So you can't rely on these giant companies or even small companies to know exactly what they're doing. You just, you can't not use them, but you know, at the same time, the responsibility for security ultimately ends up being, it's a two way street. Um, sometimes it takes these companies years to find out that their data has been compromised. Sometimes a database pops up on the internet. Usually that means if it's, if it's been out there for a while, usually it means that it's already been compromised or, or, or used for its intended purpose by the, um, The actor who stole it or or sold it. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of major compromises you'll never hear about because they were sold to the highest bidder. And an interesting element of this is sometimes that data is more valuable the longer it's, the older it is, depending on um, how it's used. So it can be used for business intelligence, it can also be used for uh, phishing attacks, as everybody I'm sure is well aware. If you're like everyone else, you probably started out on the internet using a few passwords, keeping all of it in your head, and you just kind of used a various combination of them for your your online accounts or uh, PIN numbers and that type of thing. And then eventually one of them got compromised and you were forced to change your password. You know, for example, in recent years, we've had massive breaches by Yahoo, eBay, PlayStation, Instagram, Facebook, Adobe, and the list goes on. But those are just the major ones that probably most people have one of. Usually a single account isn't that valuable, but the credentials, I mean, if the credentials are are unique, then it, it it can't be that valuable. But if the credentials are the same username or password combination used across multiple websites that... Those credentials can be very, very valuable. If, for example, you use the same login for your Instagram and Facebook account that you use for your banking account, potentially that can lead to a bad mess. And it becomes more complicated when you reuse a password, for example, used for an email account. That email account can lead to many, many other accounts. You can reset things very easily. It becomes a giant mess. So one takeaway is that Um, With an increasing number of internet properties out there, services and and accounts that you create, um, there's an exponential increase in attack vectors on your personal data. A universal password just doesn't cut it anymore. That's becoming very clear, and lots of people have tried to figure out solutions. Some people use the uh, technique of emailing you a password every time you have to log in. Some places use some different types of universal logins, like logging in with your Facebook or Google, and those are just abdications of security responsibility. And that's not a bad thing, because usually you treat those accounts with, with a stronger amount of, of, uh, of security in general, but at the same time, um, it, it limits the liability on the initial developer that's leveraging somebody else's system. But it still leads to a, a single point of, of security failure at whatever that route login source is. So everyone's going to have data and their account's compromised at some point. That's just a guarantee. So what can you do about it? There's a pretty good solution for it. And it's been around probably for a long, long time. It's probably been around forever. It kind of goes back to code books. There's just a better digital implementation these days. And it's called a password manager. Um, a The whole concept behind a password manager is you have a secure place where you store a unique strong password that is a unique password for every account that you have. And if you're thinking about this and you're going, wait, that would just be way too complicated. I agree. Nobody can remember a unique strong password, especially something that is 15 to 20 characters, uppercase, lowercase numbers, and special, special characters involved. Um, people probably started doing this technique years and years ago, probably going all the way back to the uh talking in code over over a uh, you know a morse code simple obfuscation algorithm that, that you can remember and do in your head using code books and fast forward to the i assume in the 1990s pro- people probably started doing this over pen and paper and just putting it in a book and even recently i've seen in bookstores like Barnes and Noble they sell these blank books where you can store your usernames and passwords for your internet accounts And while that sounds like a good idea, I would say two things. One, that kind of seems like a pain. And the other major thing is it's not portable and it's not secure. The most important thing, though, is that it's not secure. Somebody can steal it and then they have everything, so there's no security element to it. But the secondary um, implication there is that it's not portable, meaning everybody has a mobile phone. um, Multiple devices is becoming the norm for most people. Password managers out there that are popular, like 1Password, LastPass, Dashlane, NPass, and others, I will insert these in the show notes on our website. They all offer strong encryption. Some of them do it differently than others, but generally speaking, they store things blindly, and the way it works is it encrypts your passwords based on... Um, it encrypts your passwords locally on your local machines. Like I said, some do it different, but my experience is with um, 1Password and um, and LastPass, but these other services are all comparable as far as security. And the way they work is they, they they encrypt your actual items locally. So you have your master password to get into your vault or your account, and your passwords are then encrypted and decrypted with your special uh, password. And the point behind this is by doing all of this locally on your phone, on your tablet, on your laptop, on your desktop, or any, even in a web browser, what you end up getting is a situation where the, the storage of this account information um, cannot be decrypted by the person who's storing it. Only you can get it, use their piece of software, and then ultimately unlock the password with your master password. So what that does is that enables you to remember one very strong password, even rotate that master password occasionally, and then it unlocks all of your various passwords. Now, this kind of seems like a, like a pain to learn how to use, but in recent years, it's become a lot easier with mobile apps, browser integrations, and even operating system integrations on um, mobile phones. And what this allows you to do is you install a plugin on a web browser or in your phone, and you go to, let's say, facebook.com, and instead of typing in your password, your username and password, um, depending on what application you're using, you may have to hit a button. It may do it automatically. In iOS, for iPhones and iPads, you can click. Um, it has a little, little helper button on the um, keyboard, and you'll use whatever authentication method you have. If you have a face ID, touch ID with your finger, You could use um, a password. Anyways, you log into your secure password manager application. It looks and says, hey, look, you're on facebook.com. It checks to see if you have a login, uh, saved login credentials for facebook.com. It then fills the website's form information and then logs you in. And the the best part about this is all of these things also support things like two-factor authentication, which is a... Special algorithm that gives you a secret token, and then based on the time and token information, it you then can generate a six to seven, six or seven, sometimes more digit code that is unique for your account, and it's a way to create a secondary level of verification that you actually own this account, and not just um, and not just the username and password. And the neat part about it is these password managers can manage all of this for you. Um, Two factor authentication is increasingly more important, and it's impossible to do without a piece of software on your phone or on your computer, and using a password manager just makes this whole process a lot easier. The risks of using um, phone-based two-factor authentication with your cellular phone number are numerous, and many companies are migrating to this this token-based system. Many people will have an application called Authy or Google Authenticator on their phone, This kind of manages it all in one place, keeps things very simple. Um, Password managers, lots of them exist out there. There's open source ones, there's free ones. Um, Some of them charge based on um, storage. Sometimes you can use local storage. You can use your own personal cloud storage. In my opinion, the things you want to avoid are password managers that are built into web browsers by default, like Google Chrome, or Safari or um, uh, Microsoft, I'm sure their edge browser has one built in. You want to avoid the built-in software packages because they're not very portable. And the primary problem with them is you, you're stuck into their ecosystem. And more importantly, in the past, they haven't had the best security track record, which is unfortunate because they are built in and they're very easy to use. But with the advent of browser plugins and apps on phones, it is not that much more difficult to install a a nice little plugin on your browser or install an app on your phone and get it set up. Um, I personally use 1Password, but LastPass, Dashlane, and NPass all work to varying degrees of of similarity. Um, The other thing I would avoid like the plague is built-in solutions within operating systems. Apple has this uh, concept known as Apple Keychain Manager, or Keychain, and it's obtuse to use... Syncing across different devices has theoretically always been there, but only in recent years has it even been supported on the iPhone, which makes it practically useless. Um, it's, it's a complicated mess, and I would avoid Apple's keychain and stick with, with a, a solution that's dedicated to the use. But the good news is, is, while this sounds complicated, many of these services provide very useful and helpful educational materials that are simple to follow and learn how to get this involved or get involved with these with these tools and to simplify your, your password life and harden your, your own personal internet security or, or account security. Um, the thing that's amazing about all of these, these tools, the ones at least that I've mentioned so far, um, and one of the major benefits over a proprietary solution is that they do have a cross-platform uh, suite of apps. So whether you're using Android or uh, Windows PC, an iPhone, a Mac, an iPad, you have an Amazon Fire tablet, whatever it is you use. All of these apps work on these various platforms. And that makes it very easy to move from one device to another. You don't have to make that value judgment if you are going to purchase a new device that does this thing, is this thing supported or even have to figure out how to make it work. You just install the app. So that's a it's a very useful benefit. Secure sync for multiple devices is a, an inherent element of the 1Password, lastpass Dashlane, or NPass systems. And the secure syncing enables you to, like I said, just use these different apps and have it synced across your devices while also being secure using the encryption scheme, I guess uh, I previously mentioned. Now, an important part about this is not only is it synced and is it everywhere and you have backups and all of that, that's a given. But the secure sync also leads into a very cool feature um, revolving around sharing. If you have an account, for example, a Netflix account or something of that nature, where you share it, like for example, with your family, One Password, Dashlane, and LastPass, I know, all support family features or family sharing features, where you can have a LastPass account or a One Password account, maybe for your Maybe each, pass, each person has their own or you have a family account where everybody's linked together and you have shared uh, logins or or what some of these services call vaults where you have a shared group of passwords. So that makes it useful to store um, maybe the family Netflix account or items like that where multiple people will want to have access, maybe your significant other um you share all of your different financial related logins because many financial companies only support one login per account. Um, Just kind of depends on what you're doing. It's a, it it enables good password hygiene. So regardless of who has what access to what account, everybody can be sure to have the same um, unique username and password and you're not passing it around in an email or a text message and silly things like that that are easily compromised. So sharing is a, is a massive feature. And from my experience, one password is fantastic, not only because it does family sharing, but it also has business accounts. So if you have, um, shared accounts for maybe a small business or even a large business, each person in your company can have a, a shared, uh, shared access or, re- or varying levels of access to different accounts, depending on their role. And, uh, the feature is basically the same thing. Um, so it's, it's a handy thing. And You know, you can share this information, share your logins and all that. Now, the last major feature of these services that most people do not consider is the fact that you can store things other than passwords. Um, Now, kind of let that sink in for a minute. You can use this secure, um, personal or shared uh, encrypted storage system, not just for the handy use of auto-logging into your accounts and doing the different password management features, you can also share or store things that you don't remember. Like, for example, many people don't remember things like their social security number, um, their driver's license number, credit cards, all these things. And part of me kind of cringes when I think about this as a single source of failure for all of your stuff. But the thing that's amazing is there hasn't been a major compromise of any of these services where there has been a kind of mass casualty event where people lose all kinds of stuff. It's these companies have done very, very a very good job at securing the general security of, of their platforms for passwords, and it seems like that security translates just as well for other very sensitive uh, sensitive items like um, dates of birth. Social security numbers, driver's license numbers, credit card numbers, bank account numbers, all of this type of stuff can be used. And many of them offer notes and, and other, other things, like 1Password I know, for example, has a special dedicated type for securing um, database credentials and uh, server information and just a, a cacophony of different options to store um, secure information. And then that information can be shared just like the other types so it can be it can be very useful and it can add to your your um family your personal family or or your company's um uh security protocols and and just overall hygiene so overall you you have a a varying amount of features generally speaking focused around password security and they all end up being very inexpensive and and i'll I'll add one more item to the uh to the list here that that these services add at least with 1Password, and I know, I believe LastPass does the same thing. They, one of the values that they add, not only to keeping these pieces of software up to date, they keep the software secure. They do, sec- like 1Password, I know they, they hire outside security professionals to do audits on their, their own security. Basically, they pay people to say, hey, come and hack me. And they they do all these things. They do the cloud storage. They do the syncing. They have this the coordination features and, and all of that stuff. They, overall, they offer a, a, a lot of value, I think, for the cost. Many of these services are a couple dollars a month and, you know, a couple dollars a month or, you know, having a bank account stolen is, is that's well worth it in my opinion. But the one other thing that they add that is unique and is a fairly recent addition, but it's a welcome addition in my opinion, is they dedicate some of their resources to monitoring the internet and other various sources for not just security breaches, but they they look for they look for security breaches and they look for passwords. They look for, they scan the internet for for compromised information, and then they give you a nice little notice. I know one password calls it Watchtower, other services call it different things. And basically what they do is they flag your account in your, in your manager, um, based on, I assume the uh, URL, which is, which is not encrypted or, or it may be encrypted and maybe it's just doing all this locally. It just kind of depends on how they implement it, but they notify you when there has been some type of compromise, uh, for accounts at these platforms and it allows you to, so what they do is they check against when when do they think it was compromised, roughly what time period, and then they check and see when you last updated your password. And if it's within the zone, it'll tell you, you need to update this now. So that's a very nice feature for uh, keeping on top of your password security because the reality is if you have a 25-digit crazy numbers, letters, uppercase, lowercase, special character password that has a computer uh, cracking, like, like a computer cracking estimation algorithm that says it'll take like 25 billion trillion years to figure it out, while that sounds good, if a service is compromised, for example, Facebook logs some passwords improperly and a, an intern takes that data and steals it, theoretically, um, it doesn't matter how good your password is, that it, it's compromised and it needs to be reset. It may not affect other accounts, but it needs to be reset regardless to prevent any, any harmful things from taking place potentially, who knows, maybe nobody will ever look at yours. They may, you may be the person that they're looking for. You never know. So your password manager can tell you with a nice little warning symbol that, Hey, you have some accounts that need passwords changed. And I believe LastPass has a neat feature where they build in a process where it makes it easier to change passwords. And, uh, some of the, some some companies have this feature, some don't. But generally speaking, I I use one password and I've used LastPass and Dashlane before. They all seem to work pretty well. NPass is a great feature, it's free, and um all you pay for is the syncing. It doesn't have the sharing features though. So in general, as part of this uh online and digital security kind of overview, um accounts get compromised every day and one of the major things I encourage and we encourage everybody to use as a password manager because the reality is it's probably going to save your behind at some point or another. They're inexpensive. They're very easy to use now with integrations across multiple platforms and applications, whether it's a web browser, uh, a desktop application, or your phone. And every major company is putting a lot of emphasis. Uh, Every every major uh, mobile phone manufacturer has put a lot of emphasis in into securing people's stuff because it's it's not only is it a is it a very useful security hygiene feature but it's also just easier to type in on your on your phone um it becomes very difficult to manage complicated passwords on your little touchscreen keyboard and this actually simplifies that process significantly this has been a security roundup um if you have any questions do uh do uh check the show notes i'll have any links to the services and items that i mentioned in there And I do suggest everybody kind of keep their ear to the ground as far as security stuff because you never know what's going to get compromised next. And like I said before, you may be the target.